and turn to, you know, we're in the source, so's the word. And we are on number. <clears throat> We did Matthew 16, 24. They become offended when they are mocked, ridiculed, laughed at, or persecuted for their, for their profession of faith. These are the people who make a profession, often running well for a time, and they wind up right back in the world. In the end, they are further away from God than they were before they made their profession. <clears throat> you sometimes wonder, were they really saved? Amen. And I think sometimes they weren't. Sometimes people just will say the prayer to say the prayer. And like I shared in early class this morning, heaven is wonderful. But if that's when you go to approach a person and you talk to them about the born again experience and all you lift up is heaven, of course, everybody's going to want to go to heaven. Amen. But sometimes they aren't. And sometimes they are. It just depends. So let's go on. Father, I just ask you to move mightily. We thank you, Father God, for this presence of the Holy Spirit this morning in our midst. And I thank you, Jesus, that the word says you're here worshiping the Father with us. What a privilege it is, what a privilege it is to know you, what a privilege it is to be born again, as we saw in early class, the things that, that, that you went through for our salvation, for our righteousness. And we praise you for this. We give you the glory, the honor, the power, and the praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, I yield myself over to you, spirit, soul, and body. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you teach through me and this seed, this word falls on good ground, good soil, and whatever part of the word that is spoken, the rhema of the word of God will come forth and touch each person. Amen. So, <clears throat> we often call these types of people that this soil falls on when they go back into the world backsliders or carnal Christians. When Jesus saves your soul and your spirit, Something changes. You know, the Bible says we shall know them by their fruit. Amen. And something changes. I mean, some of us, it was immediate. Like, boom. I know for me it was. It was like walking in this dark, dark pit and then light hit. And the end came. Like I've shared before, I lost every friend twice in my life when I got divorced, when I became a Christian, but one. And it was the same friend both times. She's a friend. <laughs> because I remember the day she called me the next day and we were talking on the phone and she, she said some swear, probably the Lord's name. I said, don't say that to me. I'm a Christian now. And I, you know, it was like, well, whoa, whoa, are you kidding? Because <laughs> I was, I used to cuss a lot. We don't even go there. Okay, when God changes your life, he does it forever. What he does in you will last. You may fall, but you will not stay away from his house, his presence, his throne, his word, his people, and you will not be able to stay out of his will. Let's look, look at 1 John 3, 9. Isn't the rain just refreshing? The plants all look green again with all the dirt off of them. <laughs> no one born begotten of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. For God's nature abides in him. His principle of life, the divine sperm, remains permanently within him. And he cannot practice sinning because he is born begotten of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's so exciting. Okay, C is the crowded soil. I don't have time to go back and go over them. So let's look at, let's, let's turn to Mark 4. Sorry about that. It was interesting because <clears throat> I had a, a sermon on Hezekiah 
And, um, but then I knew I was, I wasn't to teach Wednesday night and pastor was going to print it out for me and he said, honey, do you want one of these? Ready? God. Candy thrill. Um, sorry about that. Um, but he said, this is, he said, he, he said, this is 16 pages. And I went, oh, wow, 16 pages. And he said, but I already have a sermon. And I had no idea. I remember now he said, it's on Hezekiah. And I said, go for it. So I'm sure his, I didn't get to hear his because I was in children's church, but I'm sure his was absolutely wonderful. Okay, Mark chapter 4, so or so's the word. How many know where we are? Which one are we on? I'll go back. Pardon? Third one? Pardon? Pardon? The third ground. We got it. All right, you ready? This has always been amazing to me when we reach this because Jesus said, if you understand this parable, you'll understand them all. Um, and he says, give attention to this. I'm going to go ahead and read up to where we are. Behold, the sower went out, verse 3 of uh, Mark 4, and went out to sow. And he, as he was sowing, some seed fell on along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed of the same kind fell on ground full of rocks where it had not much soil and at once it sprang up because it had no depth in the soil and the, when the sun came up it was scorched and because it had not taken root it withered away other seed of the same kind fell among thorn plants and the thistles grew and pressed together and utterly choked and suffocated the word so, I want to go to verse 22. I want to do that after. I'm sorry. Hang on. This is called the verses um, 7. It's utterly choked out. Hmm. Thorn plants and thistles and grew and pressed together and utterly choked out and suffocated it, and it yielded no grain. This soil looks like it is ready to be sown also, but underneath the surface are the, li are the living roots and seeds of thorns and weeds. Indication that a good harvest will follow. You look at this from the outward appearance, and you say, wow, this is going to have a good harvest. However, the same ground begins to produce the thorns and the weeds that were already there, and they soon choke out the tender plant. This plant withers and dies without producing any fruit at all. This is a picture of a person who tries to have the benefit of the gospel while still clinging to the old life. So you want to have the benefit of the gospel... You want to go to heaven and the benefits, but you cling on to the, to the old life. That's where, you know, when the Bible says, be hot or cold, because if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. And so they want to have the benefits, but it just doesn't work that way. Without, conscious, without a conscious break from the old life of sin, this person not, does not have a chance of continuing in their salvation. The seeds of the gospel cannot survive to produce fruit in a heart filled with other things. The seed will have the ground or sin will have the ground, but it cannot be shared. You can't share, you know, you can't share darkness and light because one of them is going to take over and I hate to say this, usually it's darkness. How many have ever known 
how, have, how many have ever looked after a good rain, how fast weeds grow? It's amazing to me. You know, I, I don't, I'm, I used to like to garden, but I, it's not my, it, I don't like to do that. But you go out there, I guarantee you this week you're going to see weeds out there that weren't there because the sun had scorched them all out, unless you've been watering. But here they are. And so we see here, the seed of the gospel can't survive or produce in a heart filled with these other things. The seed will have the ground or sin will have the ground, but it cannot be shared. Jesus said, it was the cares of the world and the quest for earthly riches that spell disaster of this kind of soil. This kind of person begins well, but soon fades away, having their profession choked out by sin in the world. That's heavy. Let's look at verse um, 22 here. They, these are hidden temporally only as the means to revelation. For there is nothing hidden except to be revealed, nor is anything temporal kept secret except in order that it may be made known. Let's go on here. If a man has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. And he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. With the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, the more besides will be given to you who hear. And so we see how important it is that we've got to continue hearing the word of God. Okay? We have to continue hearing the word of God. Because if we don't, the enemy will start choking out the word that we have. How do we know for sure if a person is really saved after a long period of time? You know, a lot of people will say, well, I'm saved, but there's no fruit. None. None at all. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. When Jesus comes into a life, there is a huge change, difference in that life. Even, you know, the most miserable person in the world is the person that's backslidden. Anybody I've ever known that's backslidden and they come back to the Lord, they say, this is the most miserable time in my life. So let's look at this. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. There is, therefore, is any person, if any person is ignited in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. The fresh and the new has come. Sometimes we as Christians become stale in our walk with the Lord because we've allowed things to come in to choke it out. Disappointments, discouragements, things that take place. Death sometimes can cause that. But when when a person comes to their senses they, and they return, they come back right back to that place that they were that they were in God's standing. But so many times in their own standing, they feel guilty and unwanted and and like they've completely failed. Well, you need to realize if any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh, new has come. And that also goes with 1 John 1, 9. When we sin, if we commit sin, he's given us 1 John 1, 9 to repent, confess our sins. And God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we move forward. We don't stay stuck in the place and this is the one place that I've seen the enemy really harasses people. And when you blew it, you must not have been saved, or you must not have been this, or you must not have been that. You need to tell him to shut up. If you have to take him to 1 John 1, 9 and read it to him, this is what I've done. Write down when you do it. 
when you confess that scripture and move on. So many people don't move on. Hallelujah. Again, we like to look at people who have made a profession and come back out of sin and say they are backslidden out of God's will or carnal. More likely, they have just never been saved to begin with or they've been saved, but the enemy got a hold of them for a time and now they're fresh and new. Don't you remember the things. I'm talking about those that know the person. Don't remember those things and bring them up to them. Encourage them to go forward. You know, I hate to say this, but sometimes the body of Christ can be the most cruel of any other, any, any other person. Amen. How many know that? Or we, we ourselves can be our worst enemy. Sometimes we blame the enemy for things that we ourselves are creating in our own lives by condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation. If you're walking after the Spirit, do not let condemnation pull you down, pull you under. Praise you, Father. Colossians 3, 1 to 10. I love this. Colossians, I'm surprised it's Ephesians that always wears out in my Bible for some reason because I really like Colossians. I've got to get all these pens out now. Okay, Colossians 1. Or Colossians 3, 1 through 10. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, Aim and seek the rich eternal treasures that are, that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds. Set your minds. You know how you keep your, you set your clock? How many of you have ever had a battery that starts to go out? And you have to keep setting, your, setting that clock up. Maybe it, it, it starts losing time. You have to reset it. Reset it. Well, that's how, it's the same thing with our minds. Our minds want to wander until, we ha until it's completely dealt with by the washing of the water of the mind, uh, of the word. We renew our minds by the washing of the water of the word. Think about this, please, church, because our minds wander. Our minds want us to look around. They want us to think about lunch. They want us to do whatever. How many know that? What am I have for lunch today or what about tomorrow? What about my work week? It's not what God wants when the word is being. That's how Satan immediately steals the word from you. OK, so let's look at this and set your minds and keep them set on what is above the higher things, not the things that are on the earth. So he wants us to set our minds and keep them set on. Praise you, Jesus, on what is above the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. So anytime that your mind is not out there on the higher things and, they, and it tries to go to the lower things and that would keep you down, you need to automatically switch gears and, and take 2 Corinthians 10.5 and cast down the imaginations and reasonings. Okay, let's go on a little bit further. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. So kill, deaden, deprive of power, the evil desires lurking in your members, those animal impulses, and all the earthly in you that is employed in sin, sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetite, unholy desires, and all the greed and covetousness, for that is idolatry, the define of self and others created things instead of God. It is on the account of these very sins that, that the holy anger of God is ever coming upon the sons of disobedience, those who are obstinately opposed to his divine will. 
among whom you once walked when you were living in and ad addicted to such practices. But now, put away and rid yourself completely of all these things. Ready for the list? It's verse 8. Anger, rage, bad feeling towards others, curses and slanders, foul mouth abuse, shameful utterances from your lips. Do not lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old unregenerate self with its evil practices and have clothed yourself with the new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remodeled into fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image, the likeness of him who created it. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? So he says, get rid of this. And all this, all this good is going to take place. You know, it takes a while sometimes because our mind wants to go back to that. And so we need to learn how to, like it said in the, in the first, second verse, set your minds and keep them set on what is above. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report. Always remember, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life and life abundantly. Always remember that. If you're, if you're not sure, where is this coming from? Well, if it's coming to kill, steal, and destroy from you, it's not coming from God. Amen? Okay. D, verse 8. The choice soil. You re ready for that? We all want to be the choice soil. So let's go back to Mark 4, verse 8. Another seed of the same kind. So we're to the same kind of seed. This is the same kind of seed thrown out on all these soils. Fell among thorn plants and the this. Wait, sorry. Other seed, the same kind, fell into good, well-adapted soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding up to 30 times as much, 60 times as much, and even 100 times as much as had been sown. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him be hearing, and let him consider and comprehend. Praise the Lord. This is a picture of the heart that has been plowed deeply by the word of God. The heart that has been plowed deeply with the word of God. You know, when we get saved, we have a choice. We can either decide we're going to consume the word, get in the word, study the word, prepare ourselves. I'm going to just, I'm going to share something that some of you might disagree with, some of you might. It's not, we all need to have our time in the, in the Word, okay? I have found that people that continually hear tapes of other people and are not in the Word for themselves, reading the Word for themselves, don't grow as quickly, or they might grow in an area quickly, but all of a sudden, because they have not planted the word themselves in them, the enemy can steal it. Because if that person that you've listened to falls, and I've seen this happen, if that person that you listen to falls, then you become discouraged. You become disappointed. And it takes something out of you. I've seen this happen to many people. But if it's you and God in the Word. It's you and God studying the Word. And you go to a church where you know you trust the pastor and you study the Word for yourself after. You need to take the sermon notes home and study it for yourself. Then you won't fall. But it's, but when people see those that they've followed or supported or whatever fall and get off, it takes something out of them. 
it takes a big chunk out of them. They become discouraged. And so, and that, that was from the Lord, that's not in my notes, okay? So, we need to look at this, because he says here, Jesus says, he said, he who has ears to hear, let him be hearing, and let him consider and comprehend. So he's saying, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word. Not man's rendition of the word, but the word. Okay, one of the greatest things that you can do for yourself is get the Bible on tape, stick it in, and take the word with it. You know, Alexander Scorby is the best one as far as I'm concerned. And sit down, either you read the word to yourself out loud, or you read, you read along with someone that's speaking the word, someone that you know you can trust, okay? That's just reading the word. That way, you are in the word yourself. You're not hearing a teaching of the word all the time. Many people will say, well, I'm in the word. I listen to tapes. Not the same, church. I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's not the same. Like I said, because if that person falls, you're going to get discouraged, and you'll begin to doubt. And then when doubt takes place, Discouragement comes, then the enemy can harass you. So that is, that is free today that's not in the Word. Thank you, Jesus. So, finally, some, soil, some seed fell onto good ground. This ground has been worked and prepared. It has been plowed and tilled, and it was ready to receive the seed when it came. The seed germinated within the heart of the soil and the plant began to grow. When the plant reached maturity, it began to produce the fruit that brought honor and gain to the farmer. This is a picture of the heart that has been plowed deeply by the word of God. It is a picture of a heart that has been filled, tilled and prepared by the grace, hang on, turn the page, hallelujah, of God. When the seed of the gospel hits this kind of heart, it germinates, grows up, and bears fruit to the glory of God. This heart alone pictures the kind of life that can truly call itself saved. This is the only soil that produces the kind of fruit that you want to produce. Because I've watched our yard, this, our backyard this, this summer. It's been real interesting to watch it. Things are coming up where I never planted them. And so I know that the birds have gone from somebody's yard and brought them over to my yard. You know, and the kind of different plants that I really, they had, they had to bring some bulbs over there too because some of them are gladiolas. So those, those must have been big birds is all I can say. And they somehow hit good soil in our yard and grew. How many have ever seen a gladiola bulb? It's big. And so when you look at these things, you think, wow, this is great. But God is looking for soil that is ready, that we've plowed. You know, God's looking, you know, if you've, if you've plowed the soil, if you, I'm going to use a single person that's wanting to get married. I'm just going to, this is a good way to, to use this. <clears throat> a single person wanting to get married. And I'm going to use you, okay? I'm going to use you as the example, if you don't mind. Pastor knew one day he was going to get married, and he was, he was always in the Word, so even, I think probably even when you backslid, am I correct? Did you read your Bible? Okay. But he knew that he wanted to get married, so he, he studied on marriage, he bought books that, that are very similar to books that if you are going to get married in this church, you know there's a stack of books about this high probably. Am I correct? Whitney can give them all to you. She'll even, lo even loan them to you. But Pastor, years before he ever got married, began to prepare himself for marriage. What he wanted, keep myself pure. And there were things that, that, that he wanted, things that 
he read books on what to expect from, out of a woman. Thank God, because I was like Joyce Meyer, so thank God he read books like that. What, t what makes a woman tick, why, whatever. When you go through counseling, premarital counseling, you get all those things, right, John? You, you learn how to make things um, work. I'll tick on John now. So pastor did all that. So when he got married, he was ready for marriage. So he was able to understand, and, and even though we did have some problems, because I'd been divorced, and, and you know, you clash two people together, and I liked to fight. I was one that liked to fight. I don't anymore, but when you get people together, but he knew what to expect and how to expect it. He studied, we both studied on marriage, so our marriage would be good. I'm not saying there's times that I might get upset with him or he might get upset with me, but there, you have to plow that ground for what you're expecting. Many of you have studied prosperity and you know, and you've, you're waiting for those suddenlies like Christine, two things coming. You understand what I'm saying? So when that seed, when that ground is prepared, some of you have sown seeds, first fruits, things. It has to come to pass. It has to come to pass. And right now, I honestly believe that we are in the reaping stage. We are right now, in this period of time, in the reaping stage. But you keep sowing. You just don't quit sowing. You keep sowing. You keep Keep it. Just keep sowing and sowing and sowing. It'll keep you from being selfish and stingy, I'll tell you. Um, when seeds of the gospel hits this kind of soil, it germinates, grows up, and bears fruit to the glory of God. This heart alone pictures the kind of life that can truly call itself saved. This is the only soil that produces a multitude, the kind of fruit, that you want or that God wants. The only difference between these types of soil was fruit. Amen. On the hard soil, the seed never penetrated the hard ground and was carried away. On the other three soils, the seed penetrated and disappeared, but only that which fell on the good soil produced fruit. The only obstacle to salvation is unbelief. You might write that down. I'll, I'll use that as the, what do you call it? Nugget. The only obstacle. Write this down. If I can find it again. The only obstacle to salvation is unbelief. But anyone who is willing to accept Jesus on his terms is good soil. Now, I'm going to give us another. Some people want to change God. Brother Dan gave an example of that in early class a couple weeks ago. They want God to fit into their mold or what they want to do. God doesn't change. I don't remember what the question was I asked that morning. God doesn't change. I don't care if you throw a fit. I don't care if you cry, holler, whatever. You cannot make God change his mind. What he's written in this word, you cannot getting to change because it's set in ground. God's word, God's word is truth and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. So, this soil represents the only soil, the four gospel that pictures the saved heart. You see, when Jesus enters a life through the gospel message, he will make his presence known beyond all doubt through the word, through the word. You know, people can get saved if they don't read the word, if they don't do what the word says. It says, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word also. Amen. You have to do the word. You just can't sit and hear it once in a while. So. He will make his presence known beyond all doubt. He will cause the believer to bear fruit for the glory of God. In fact, he will lead the believer through a progression of fruit bearing. 
As the days go by, there will be more and more fruit for the glory of the heavenly sower. You know, I saw something the other day on um, my friends on Facebook. They, they shared, if you plant some lemon seeds in some soil, I didn't know this, but it'll grow up to this little plant about this high in your house and, it'll, and you'll have fresh lemon in whatever rooms you put it in. Well, I like the smell of fresh lemon. Just take a few of the seeds, plant them in soil. And you, you know, you don't get hard old soil and just let it die. You know, I've done that before with my plants and then they just die, but keep it watered and you'll have a fresh, you'll have fruit, okay? So let's look at this in, in John 15, one to eight. More and more fruit for the glory of, of the heavenly sower. John 15, one through eight. Here is Jesus. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser, or the husbandman. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away and trims off and, and takes away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you, the teachings I have discussed with you. Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me, and I in him, bears much abundant fruit. However, Apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. If you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, Ask whatever you will, and it shall be done to you. When you bear produce much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified, and you shall improve yourselves, be true followers of mine. Glory to God. So let's look at this. He says in 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me, and I in him, bears much abundant fruit, However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. So what he's saying here, and then he goes on to say, if you live in verse 7, if you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. That's powerful. Now, I want to share something. When you, um, ministers, everybody needs to do this, but ministers especially have to keep themselves built up in the word. All of us do. Because as we give out word, as we give it out to people, we have to put that back in. We cannot allow ourselves to become burnt out. I'm talking to the whole church here because some people become burnt out. Some people get so burnt out in their jobs or whatever. Um, a pastor can being busy with the sheep or whatever. You have to take the time and set yourself apart and fill yourself back up with the word that you have sown out there. So it's very important. This is why so many people, when they've witnessed a lot or sown a lot and they have not gone back and studied the word and replaced that word that they have sown out, the enemy starts to he sees it. He goes, well, you know what? They have become extremely burnt out. And so he, he waits and watches. He doesn't just come out like, da, 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 here I am. He waits and watches 
to see if a person gets offended or see, to see what, what goes on in their lives. And then he springs forth. Then he hits a person. That's when you, you know, he, when a person is vulnerable and they haven't gotten to the word and stayed in the word, he knows they're vulnerable. And so he'll wait until it becomes very dry. And then he'll hit it. So he's saying to here, if you, if you continue, if you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will and it shall be done to, for you. When you bear produce much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified and you show and prove yourselves to be followers of mine. I have loved you just as the Father has loved you. Abide in me. Love continue in his love with me. If you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and lived on in his love. Glory to God. I have told you these things, verse 11, that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy and gladness may be full measure and complete and overflowing. This is what God desires of us, for us, that there be a full measure. Do you know when, when people don't abide in him, after a while, they lose their joy. You know, when you lose your joy, there's something wrong. I'm going to tell you right now, there is something wrong. If someone come, cares enough about you and comes to you and says, you've lost your joy, what's wrong? Then you know there's something wrong. Okay? He says, I have told you these things that my joy and delight may be in you. So there's his joy, his delight that can be in you and live in you continually. Hallelujah. Think of this. This is a, this is exciting. You don't have to be down. That your joy and gladness may be full measure and complete and overflowing. This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. There is no greater love. No one has shown stronger affection than to lay down, give up his life for his friends. You are my friends if you keep on doing the things which I have commanded you. I'm going to go a little bit further. I do not call you servants, slaves any longer, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, working out. But I have called you my friends. We sing that song. I'm a friend of God. Glory to God. I've called you my friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father, I have revealed to you everything that I have learned from him. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have appointed you. I have planted you that you might go and bear fruit and keep on bearing, that your fruit may be lasting, that it may remain, abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name as presenting all that I am, he may give it to you. Hallelujah. Think of this. Get excited. The great I am. Glory to God. This is what I command you, that you love one another. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. <laughs> if the world hates you, rejoice. You're doing something, you know, if it hates you, it hated God, it hated Jesus. Amen? So, what kind of gospel seed produced in good soil, of, of what kind of fruit does the gospel seed produced in good soil of a prepared heart? Number one, sanctification. We will be more like him. And in Romans 6.22, I have a feeling I'm getting on to where you were the other night. 
despite what someone told me about your sermon, but this sermon was written way before it's Romans six twenty two. But now since you have been set free from sin and have become the slaves of God, you have your present reward in holiness and its end is eternal life. Hallelujah. You have your present reward in holiness and, it, and its end is eternal life. Philippians 1.11. Thank God. Eternal life. Can you, I mean, eternity with Jesus. How would you like to have Jesus just come to your house? Say, you know what? This is when we get there. Come to your door one day. You know, I'd like to just spend some time with you and share with you the good things that you did while you were on the earth. Wow. Just sit down and talk to you know, about the words, things that you've, that you've wanted to ask him while you were on the earth. You know, you had some questions and I'm going to answer them. I mean, just come in. How would you treat him? I'm too busy, Jesus. Go, to, go next door because I'm too busy. I got stuff to do. I, I, I don't have time. I only have a few minutes. So um, I didn't prepare for you to come today to my house. It's the same here on the earth. Okay. Philippians 1.11 May you bound in and be filled with the fruits of righteousness, of right standing with God and right doing, which come through Jesus Christ, the anointed one, to the honor and praise of God, that his glory may be both manifested and recognized. Hallelujah. Colossians 1.10. Get excited. I don't know about you, but I'm getting excited. The closer we come to the coming of the Lord, the more exciting this is getting to me. That you may walk, live, and conduct yourselves, Colossians 1.10, in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, desiring to please Him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work, and steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper, and clearer insight, acquaintance, and recognition. Glory to God. This is what, number one, when, this, when the fruit is sown in good soil, a prepared heart, this is what happens, sanctification. Number two, spirituality. We will become more like him. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Amplified again. Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence. Against such, these, against such things there is no law that can bring a charge. Hallelujah. And those who belong to Jesus Christ the Messiah have crucified the flesh, the godless human nature with its passions and appetites and desires. Hallelujah. If we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward, walk in line, our conduct, our conduct controlled by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's saying we can do this when the, when the seed falls upon good prepared soil. These are promises, souls. We, come, we, come, we become burdened more like him in Romans 1.13. What's the one thing that Jesus wants? More children, more more 
more brothers and sisters. Amen. Romans 1.13. I want you to know, brethren, many times I have planned and intended to come to you, though thus far I have been hindered and prevented in order that I might have some fruit, some results of my labors among you as I have among the rest of the Gentiles. Hallelujah. We become burdened more like him. As we move through these passages, we have seen one sower sow one variety of seed into four different types of soil. The seed only brought forth fruit in one of those soils. The other soils were bad and nothing of value came from the seed being planted in them. According to Jesus, the seed is the gospel and the soil is our heart. If we are honest today, which of these four soils is your heart? Is your heart hard and closed off to God? If it is, then this message has meant little to you. The enemy has already stolen most of it anyway. If you are the hard soil today, then I pray that God will sink his plow deep into the soil of your heart and bring you under conviction and prepare you to hear his word. You know, we can become hardened easily. Easily. We can become offended. Some people come become offended just like this. Is your heart stony or thorny? And is your commitment to your profession shallow? Do you have problems serving the Lord faithfully and staying away from sin? Do you place your hope in, on heaven or, or some prayer you prayed or upon some religious activity you've been through, baptism, whatever? works, you know, I'm going to get to heaven because I've, I've done this. I can't tell you how many people, when you go out on the streets, will tell you, I'm a good person. How I many you know that's the first thing that comes out of that? I'm a good person. Good person doesn't matter. I've, won, I've, I've known some wonderful people, wonderful, wonderful good people, but they don't know Jesus. Amen. It's sad. I mean, I've met some good people that are more godly than some Christians I know. I hate to say that, but they never met Jesus. You know, whatever. Okay. If so, then I challenge each of you to examine your heart today and be sure that you're genuinely serving God. Let's look at, if, you're, if, if we're not sure where we're at, where our heart is, because we need to make sure that our heart is that soil. Because we've all sown, we've all sown seeds, we've all believed for things. But if you've hardened your heart in an area, it's blocking it. That seed is trying to get down there, you know, to reap. It's, trying, it's like, let me out. <laughs> let me out. And it wants out. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 13, 6. And, you know, people are sitting there going, what's wrong? Why isn't it working for me? You ever been in a position where you're like, what's wrong? Why is it not working for me? Go away and get with God and he'll tell you. I've told, and most of the time he's already told you, I want you to change this. I want you to stop this. Whatever. 2 Corinthians 3, 6. I found one, one thing about God. 13, 6, I'm sorry. If he's told you not to do something or he's told you to do something, you're not going to go very, you're not going to go any further until you do what he's told you. You know, we as, those of us that are parents know that. If we tell our kids to do something and you tell them what the consequences are, then that's it. Don't go, and don't go crying to... to the other parent, I'm talking to the kids now, okay? But we only have one parent, and that's God. You might have earthly parents. Those of you that are still children need to obey. 
But I hope you will recognize and know that we are not disapproval on trial and rejected. Hallelujah. Verse 5. Is that examine and test and evaluate, evaluate your own selves to see whether you are holding to your faith and showing the proper fruits of it. Test and prove yourselves. Do not, do you not real do you not yourselves realize and know thoroughly by an ever-increasing experience that Jesus Christ is in you unless you are counterfeits, disapproved on trial and rejected? We need to test ourselves. Is my soil right? Is it, am I keeping that right? If you know there's an area in your life that you've fallen off the track, that's the one area that, you know, you go along on a road and there's a pothole. That's why I always ask pastor, please stay in the fast lane because when you go in the slow lane, there's potholes. I hate to hit those things. But as you go and, and, and you fall, you make a pothole. The more times you fall, the bigger that pothole gets. And so we need to test ourselves. Second Peter 1.10. I hope you're getting this because... Some of you are looking real bored out there. Um, Jesus might ask you this week, did you get what was, what was read that was, talk, that, that was preached to you? Ever had him do that? You ever had him sit down and ask you, what, what was the sermon this week? God, I pray. In the name of Jesus, that you're going to ask people this week what they got out of the sermon. That is my prayer this week. Okay, Second Peter one ten. <laughs> oh boy, there you go. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> because of this, brethren, be of more. Be more solicitous and eager to make sure to ratify to strengthen to make steadfast your calling and election if you do this you will never stumble hallelujah never stumble how would you like to never stumble i mean that's powerful and if you read first peter he tells you what to do to never stumble so read it you might get a sermon on it Pastor might teach on it next week. <laughs> Maybe you've heard this message. <laughs> oh, Lord, I thank you, Jesus. Okay, we're closing. You know, if you want to never stumble, I don't ever want to stumble. You say, well, is that possible? Yeah, it is. He wouldn't have it in here if it wasn't. I mean, some people have the idea that they're going to stumble. If that is your mindset, that you're going to fall, that you're going to stumble, that you're going to blow it, you're going to stumble. But God says if you do all these things in 1 Peter, or 2 Peter, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to be in 1 Peter? Was it first or no? It's the second. There's a big difference between First Peter, his whole, his personality, and Second Peter. Have you ever noticed what happened to him? God got a hold of him big time. Read it again. Because of this, brethren. Be all the more solicitous and eager to make sure to ratify, to strengthen, to make steadfast your calling and election. If you do this, you will never stumble. Thus, there will be richly and abundantly provided for you entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I intend always, listen to this one. You guys get mad at me if I say the same thing over again? This is Peter. So I intend always to remind you about these things. 
Wow, good, thanks. About these things, although indeed you know them and are firm in the truth that you now hold. I think it's right as long as I am in this tabernacle tent body to stir you up by way of remembrance. Or at 70 years old, I would not be sitting here saying this. Trust me. Most people look forward to the day of retiring at 65. That isn't even in our future. I don't want it. It's going to get better as we go along. Since I know that the laying aside of this body of mine will come speedily as the Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. Moreover, I will diligently endeavor to see to it that even after my departure decease, you may be able at all times to call these things to mind. Hallelujah. So much that it got put in the Bible. Think of it. I'm asking you to pray and see if God would have you teach on this next week. Think of this. Why does he have to tell us? I mean, how many times do you parents have to tell your kids over and over? Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. So don't be shocked if God does that. If he doesn't, well, you can go to Hebrews chapter 12 and see what it says about those that don't want that. So I'm going to close. I pray you got a lot out of this. I pray that you will dig up your, the soil that isn't where it should be. We all have some. How many have ever gone out and started? I remember, I'm going to share this one last story. When we went to Oklahoma, Pastor promised me that we would get a pool or have a pool or whatever. And we couldn't find a Can you believe Oklahoma? We couldn't find a house with a pool. That's unbelievable. There was, there was one house that had a, um, what do they have when they have tornadoes and it was underground? What are those things? No, it was, it was for tornado. What do they call them? You know, like Dorothy, the, the you-know-what of, you know, story, and they, sh they should have been in there, and they weren't, and then you get blown away if you don't. One house had one of those, and I can't remember what it's called. Didn't want that. It was creepy to me. to go. I'm not going in that thing. But so he promised we're in the middle of a drought. The, the, when we went to Rama, it was the middle of the gas war. How many remember that? Some of you might be too young for that was the middle of the gas war and it was the middle of a huge drought in Oklahoma. So we couldn't find a house with a pool, so he said, I will put in an above ground pool in. And he's out there digging. Not only did this have hard, hard dirt, but there was a red anthill out there. And he was bound and determined we were gonna get this pool and he, he did finally get it in. But, man, I was bringing water and lemonade, whatever I could out to him, watching him out there in that heat, digging this pool in hard ground. You can't do much in hard ground. Amen. And he got it finished. Praise God. Thank you. I appreciate you doing that. But we want our ground to be so ready that God can plant anything in it because revelation knowledge right now is so plenteous that it's every time we read the word God wants us to see something new every time and that happens when there's good plowed up soil <laughs> hallelujah so father I just thank you I pray for every one of my brothers and sisters here I ask you father God to Reveal to each one of us this week or if there's any areas where the soil is not prepared and ready in our lives That you will show us And we'll prepare it and we'll get it ready if there's any offense 
if there's any if there's anyone that that we held high and they they fell that we we pray for them and move on god if there's if there's anything that's keeping our soil from being the type of soil that you desire it to be where you can work with it where you can plant the word in it and it grows immediately we want the hundredfold and i praise you god that you bless each one of each one of us that are here and those that will hear this tape you bless us as we bless you as we prepare our soil as we're obedient to your word as we get get the junk out as you reveal it to us we get rid of it we don't try to argue or fight or whatever we just say okay lord i don't need it and just get rid of it and we praise you for it and god i ask you to touch each life and that those that are expecting the suddenlies that the suddenlies supernaturally come this week this week god in jesus name amen hallelujah be go with god and be blessed